Hello and welcome to the Halloween special. I am Andrew and today we are going to try a little bit of a different format for you this time only. Instead of having our normal conversation mixed with humor and other tangents, we are solely going to be providing information on the traditions we have found and then in a later episode, we may even have our own little conversation about it. So without further ado, uh, what I'm going to discuss today is not something that happens on Halloween per se, but does share some similarities to other Halloween-esque celebrations and or traditions. The Hungry Ghost Festival is what I'll be covering today. And this uh, is a festival that occurs mainly in Eastern Asia or more specifically in China. Although it does have, um, there are celebrations like within Malaysia and other Eastern Asia countries, but more focus on what I found was in China and what they do. Now, this festival takes place on the 15th day of the seventh month in accordance to the Chinese calendar. This day is called the Ghost Day, interesting, interestingly enough, which, is, which also falls in the Ghost Month. This is where it's believed that ghosts and spirits come to visit from the lower realm, and Taoists and Buddhists perform rituals on this day to take away the sufferings the deceased may have. While the celebrations and rituals of Ghost Day are elaborate, that doesn't mean that the rest of Ghost Month is ignored. During the entire month, elaborate meals will be made as offerings to the dead, often being vegetarian, with empty seats at the table reserved for visiting spirits. People would burn incense, joss paper, and even paper mache replicas of items like clothing, food, and fine metals like gold. Some other activity, another activity during this time may even involve paper lanterns being sent floating on the water to provide any lost spirit or ghost direction. You also might be interested in knowing that these traditions originally came from India, so since the breakdown makes more sense than what I can make, I am going to read this right from the Wikipedia page, and yes, I did check the sources that were used. Uh, The sutra records the time when Madhgalayana, I said that incorrectly on the note, I'm sorry, achieves Abhijna and uses his newfound powers to search for his deceased parents. He discovers that his deceased mother was reborn into the Prita, or Hungry Ghost Realm. She was in a wasted condition, and he tried to help her by giving her a bowl of rice. Unfortunately, as a Prita, she was unable to eat the rice as it was transformed into burning coal. This guy then asks the Buddha to help him, where Buddha then explains how he would be able to assist his current parents and deceased parents in this life and in ones and, and then in the also the past seven lives by willingly offering food to the Sangha or monastic community during Pravarana. Um, this is also the end of the monsoon season or Vasa, which usually occurs on the 15th day of the seventh month, where the monastic community transfers the merits to the deceased parents and so on. Some other celebrations that I found um, is that like in countries in like Malaysia, they'll hold like these big elaborate concerts um, that are super loud and they'll leave like the front row or the front, you know, couple of rows or even place red empty chairs in front of the stage. They're reserved for the dead, for the spirits that, that are visiting. They feel that the louder they are, the better the spirits will be able to hear them and come to the concert and and be able to, I guess, move on uh, from what I understood. So if anyone understands this better, please let me know. Because this festival is in accordance to the Chinese calendar, um, this year it happened on September 2nd. 
so I, I think it happens on a different day each year, um, kind of like how Easter does. But I kind of want to get my hands on a Chinese calendar so I can kind of like keep an eye on it because uh, I'm really interested in seeing because there's also like a, a like a fall type, not a fall, but like a spring type festival that's similar to this where they have like these big elaborate celebrations and meals and concerts and all of that. So yeah, that's the Hungry Ghost Festival in in Eastern Asia. Uh, let us know if you have any questions or whatever the case may be. And then well, hope you had a great time. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Katie coming at your ears. I'm here to perform the second half of the Halloween special of Murder Myth 3. I'm sure you just thoroughly enjoyed the first half because Andrew's fantastic. I haven't heard it yet, so but it's probably really good, as always. So yeah, this is really awkward, talking to myself. I bet Andrew struggled with the same thing. I miss you, Andrew. Anyways, yeah, just gonna dive right into it. I noticed that on the social media, there's a lot of assumptions that the Mexican culture and Latin, other Latin countries who celebrate Dia de los Muertos are the only ones that celebrate a Day of the Dead. I mean, their traditions are unique to their culture. However, they're not the only ones that are aware of this thin veil between the mortal and spiritual realms during the end of October, early November time. There's a lot of cultures that are familiar with that, and Andrew and I wanted to focus more on these lesser-known traditions just to kind of shed light on other cultures. So if you're a regular listener of the show, you are aware by now that I am Sicilian and Italian. And um, yeah, I know Sicily is a part of Italy, but culturally there are some differences, and I am both Sicilian and mainland Italian. But I have been learning more about my Sicilian heritage. That's what I connect with a lot. And I learned that they too celebrate the Day of the Dead. But it's a holiday that's kind of celebrated in both Italy and Sicily with their respective differences. So I'm just going to go over some of those. To start off, you should know that the majority of Italy is Catholic. I feel like this is pretty much well known to everyone. So a lot of these traditions are not performed in the bigger cities, but in the smaller communities with a lot of pagan roots. Now in Italy first, they celebrate All Saints Day or Onyasanti on the evening of November 1st and into November 2nd, which is also All Souls Day. The traditions on Onyasanti can be dated all the way back to the 6th century, so a long ass time. Often you'll hear it referred to as Giorno Imorti or Imorti. And it is a day to, of course, celebrate the lives of loved ones past, just like Dia de los Muertos. In the days leading up to November 1st, Onyasanti, Italians often take the time to visit their ancestors' graves and leave fresh flowers for them. And now specifically, they use chrysanthemums. This is the official flower of Onyasanti, just like Dia de los Muertos has the marigold. The chrysanthemum is considered to be a messenger of good energy, joy, and prosperity. One thing I loved when I read about this tradition of leaving the chrysanthemums at the gravesites is that a lot of Italians make sure that even the graves of people who no longer have living relatives also have flowers on them. So there is no grave left, like, unflowered. And so it's really beautiful. You'll see the cemetery completely covered in chrysanthemums. They also light lanterns and they ring bells to call the dead to their homes. Now, what do Italians like to do best, guys? Eat. 
we don't really need an excuse to make a big meal, but on this night we feast. No, let me correct myself. On both of these nights, we feast. And I say we as if I'm in Italy right now. One can dream. The Italians feast. Now, on the evening of November 1st, many Italians make a place at the dinner table for an ancestor, and it's just assumed that they are sitting there with you eating the meal. But in a lot of communities, they will actually, after they have their feast, they will leave the home and visit the cemetery, and during that time, it is assumed that their ancestors enter the home and have their own feast. Some other traditions include leaving a red candle or lumino lit in the windowsill, and they leave a table out for their ancestors. And this is not a table that has the feast on it. That's a separate table. This is an empty table where ancestors leave things for the children, such as confetti and green beans, because why not? I love green beans. That's a great treat. Leaving these gifts behind is just to give them a sign that they are there, that they came by. Now, I imagine that this tradition is much like that of Santa Claus, where the parents are the ones responsible for leaving the gifts, and it's the magic behind the leaving and coming back to finding gifts, that sort of thing, that the children receive this message of, like, the spirit of Christmas, so to speak. But what I like more about this than keeping the spirit of Christmas alive is that these green beans are to teach the children the importance of maintaining a connection between their ancestors and themselves and keeping that connection alive for generations to come. Another wonderful tradition on Agnesanti is the Caldarasti. Now this is the first official chestnut roast of the season, which I love that that's in like early November. I don't want to wait till Christmas time for roasted chestnuts. They're delicious. Some regions of Italy even decorate pumpkins, something that we do, and they believe that All Saints Day is the day where the souls that are in purgatory cross over and return to the earth, and these pumpkins represent the lost souls. Sometimes these pumpkins are carved and candles are placed inside of them, but they aren't just to act as luminaries, but are more symbolic of resurrection itself. And not everybody carves pumpkins to use as luminaries, because I found out that in Lombardia, on November 2nd, they put these pumpkins in the windowsill instead of the Lumino, and they fill them with wine for the dead, because Italians love their wine. It's a great offering. I don't know why they would have to drink it out of a pumpkin, but I like it. Now, don't worry, they also leave fresh water in their kitchens for the ancestors who are, you know, below drinking age. Is there a drinking age in Italy? Do they put wine in their bottles? Anyways, or just, you know, ancestors who need to hydrate better, I imagine. Now, I bet you've never put thought into how the tradition of trick-or-treating began. Now, I don't want to falsely attribute that tradition to just Italians, but they do have a very similar tradition, I will say. So it's not that the children are going door-to-door and asking for candy. Originally, the poor would go door-to-door asking for food, and the Italians would happily oblige. I wish this tradition was a thing here. That would be amazing. So the tradition of the poor going door-to-door asking for food did eventually transition into the kids going door-to-door asking for treats. They would say morti morti instead of trick-or-treat, which is just shouting death, death. They would carry these empty pumpkins that would be filled with treats. These treats were not for personal consumption. The, the kids would then leave the dried fruits and sweets out as offerings to their ancestors. I do want to interject with that information. I was a child once, 
These children probably were sneaking some of these treats, just putting that out there. The evening is also often spent with grandparents who have the tradition to tell scary stories to their beloved grandchildren. I like how Europeans really like to focus on scaring the shit out of their kids. It's fun. So generally during this time, a lot of cultures believe that the dead come through, they stay, they they visit, they leave the next day. But some Italians believe ancestors stick around until Christmas time. That's a long visit. Now we are in Sicily. Now in Sicily, they celebrate on November 2nd, and they specifically celebrate the Day of the Dead, not All Souls Day. And this is referred to as Ugiorno Rimuori. It carries a lot of Italian traditions, but also is pretty comparable to Dia de los Muertos and the Japanese Oban Festival. So the children are encouraged during this time to behave constantly. So that i bonarmusa rimorticieri, or the good souls of the dead, leave gifts for them. Which the children often have to hunt for, kind of like an Easter egg hunt. But in other parts of Sicily, the kids leave their shoes outside overnight in hopes that the ancestors will leave gifts inside their shoes. Which is a tradition my mom actually kept going I don't know if she did it growing up with her grandparents or anything, but she kept it going with my sister and I, and I love it. I loved that tradition. I even found a traditional prayer that the kids use (laughs) uh, to pray to their ancestors to bring them gifts, but I do not want to butcher the Italian, so I have a loose translation, and this is a traditional prayer, so people who are familiar with it should know. It's, holy souls, holy souls, I am one and you are many. While I am in this world of troubles, bring me lots of presents from dead people. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you know this particular prayer and would love to send a clip of you saying it, uh, stick around after the show to get our email address and go ahead and send that to me. I'll put it in another episode. Um, the children of Sicily also have a unique tradition of hiding any graters in the house, like cheese graters. And they're told that if they're naughty, the dead will come grate your feet while you're sleeping. Oh, not fun. Now you're probably familiar with Mexican sugar skulls. Everybody kind of knows what these look like. This tradition of making the skulls is unique to Mexican culture. However, the technique itself was brought over by the Italians because it's inexpensive to make decorations out of sugar. So you won't find the skulls in Sicily, of course, but you'll find sugar puppets or pupiri zucaru that often resemble knights on horseback, little girls, cats, and more modernly famous Italian celebrities. You'll often hear these figurines referred to colloquially as pupacina. <laughs> in Sicily, they also eat pane de morti or bread of the dead, and it is re- also referred to as mani or hand because it's shaped like an arm in a ring with two hands connecting. They leave this bread out for the dead because bread is life. They also eat things like martorana, which is a sweeter version of marzipan, sort of. It's it's similar to marzipan, I'll say. And it's often shaped like vegetables, fruit, and fish. They have these awesome cookies that my family sometimes makes called ossa de morti, or bones of the dead. These are long, bone-shaped frosted cookies with almond. My favorite traditional food made on this holiday is the fave de morti, or fava beans of the dead. And these are also they're not actual fava beans. Now all of these traditions during this time of year are very different but it also makes the world seem 
a little smaller to me when you notice the crossover between cultures. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But either way, this time of year is one to take the time to honor those who were here before us. Whether you celebrate Dia de los Muertos, Samhain, Onyasanti, Ujorno Rimorti, the Oban Festival, or just Halloween, we are all one. And we at Murder Mystery wish you all the best on this beautiful holiday. Blessed be. Thank you for listening to Murder Mystery, theme song by Luella Gren, logo by Lexi Wilson. New episodes air every Sunday on Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast is currently entirely self-funded, so in order to keep it going, we really rely on word of mouth. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, review, and of course, tell your friends. If you have questions, corrections, or location and story suggestions, you can email us at murdermysterypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at murdermystery. And don't forget to join us again next week.